0: Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately, we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Today on the show, we have Jenamar Pendleton. She's the founder of Watermark Ministries and a licensed minister under Global Awakenings Apostolic Network. She's a futurist and social entrepreneur who's at the forefront of building and shaping communities in fresh and unique ways. Jenamar, it's an honor to have you here today.
1: Thanks so much, Matt. I'm so excited about getting to be a part of this and I've been watching what you've been doing and the testimonies that you've been taking from all your travels and your friends, and so I'm excited to be on here with you today.
0: Wow, thank you so much, and it was uh, a fun trip to Brazil that connected us, where you were our team leader, bus leader, Uh, so essentially you got to uh, wrangle us all in in the morning and in the afternoon to, to get us on the bus and Um, some of us were not as uh, prompt as we should have been to be where we were supposed to be when we were supposed to be there. So thank you for putting up with us and and doing it nicely.
1: Uh, We did have a fun bus, though. I kept on hearing afterwards because I claimed that I spoke a thing over it that we were going to have the fun bus. But um, it was so great being able to serve you guys in that way. I've gone on a lot of those trips and they have always been really life-changing and so to be able to facilitate whatever I could for you guys all to experience a new way of God and, and for the people of Brazil to be blessed is is so much fun. It was so life-giving to me. So really fun that we got to meet that way. can't wait until we're on another trip together. And you're, you're going back, correct?
0: Yes. The plan is to go back in December. And it was, you know, to me, I had never experienced anything like that before. Uh, I've seen God move in power. Uh, but not in that magnitude. So uh, the Brazilian people just quickly endeared themselves to me. And uh, so I've actually been studying Portuguese since uh, January of this year, and I need to practice a lot more. But um, yes, that is uh, my goal. But I do want to, uh, to go other places as well. So yeah, it's exciting to see God move and just just pour out his love on people. And to really just uh, allow them to experience the fullness that he has for them, it's it's so exciting. So you get to do that on a regular basis. Your ministry goes all around the world. And Watermark Ministries um, is is touching a lot of people and serving a lot of people. So tell us more about Watermark Ministries, what you do, and where you serve.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So we are an apostolic ministry, which just means that we go out to different nations. We get to touch different nations. And so we've spend spent some time in Europe, some time in South America, been to Chile and Colombia, many places in Brazil, spent a lot of time in the Caribbean, in Cuba, the Dominican Republic. We basically go where the Lord establishes family for us. We're a ministry that moves in kingdom family. We will do nothing outside of family. So um, we we go into regions in which God has linked us together with other believers, other churches, and our whole goal is to be able to amplify what they're already doing. Not so much come and establish something new, but, but we all know that as the body, we have different functions. And so I respect what God's doing in all these areas. And then I get to come in and say, hey, let's let's add to your fire. And so we go to revival meetings, we teach on the gifts, we teach on hear, hearing the voice of God, we, but we're extremely present-based. So everything for us comes down to the presence of the Lord and what it is that he wants to do. Uh, we're a little unique in the way that we're not just a ministry that does revival meetings. Our biggest thing is how do we come in and help disciple a nation? And we know that Jesus, when he went in anywhere, not only did he heal the sick and raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, do these amazing miracles, but he changed the economy of places. And so I feel like when we're called to disciple nations in the way that the Bible's asking us to do, there's also a place for us to be able to help people move forward, to change the economical um, state of where they're at. And so for us, we've spent a lot of time in third world countries. So we will come in and kind of see what it is that they're already doing and say, hey, how do we get you to the next level? So, um, for instance, in Cuba, that's been having conversations about doing urban gardening and um, how is it that we could create business in a communistic country, you know, so that they aren't um, so they're not having to rely so much on their government. But instead, the kingdom of God is then reliant on the kingdom of God, you know. and so. We get to do a little bit of that, have a lot of projects in, in that arena. And that is probably one of my biggest passions, is seeing people understand that they are the kingdom and um, changing the societies around them.
0: Well, it's extremely exciting to see people get transformed by Jesus. And, and as you said, when he came into situations in the Bible, everything changed. Like from the point that he was not on the earth to the point that, that he was on the earth, I mean, that's B.C. and A.D., like literally time changed because of his existence. So when we're in his presence, when we have been touched by him, when he's come into a community, everything should look different. And in America, it's sad because we want a little bit of Jesus sprinkled in to all the other stuff that we're trying to do, uh, whether that's religion or whether that is uh, completely secular. Uh, maybe just a little dash of Jesus, but we don't want it all to look different. But the reality is he wants everything to look different. And and when you go into these other areas and you see hunger and desperation for him, you see the opportunity for him to come in and and make vast changes. And and that's what he's done in my life. Uh, That's what he's done in so many other people's lives, probably yours as well. You probably haven't always been this way, uh, yeah, you know, okay. I know that that you're on fire for him now, but everybody should have a B, C, and an A, D, you know, that there, there should be a, before I knew him, this is how I lived, Then after everything is different and, you know, society should be no different. And I, I think that it is extremely important and uh, extremely impactful that that is y'all's heart to go in and, and replicate him to represent him. Represent him in order for people to know who he is and what he brings, what he carries, what he's all about. His heart and uh, I think that that's that's awesome. So, uh, what made you start Watermark Ministries? How did you get into this? Tell us a little bit more.
1: Yeah, so um, I got saved in two thousand nine. I was twenty three years old. Um, I was very very far from the Lord, um, and the Lord. Came through a traumatic event and um, saved me. I heard the audible voice of God, and in that moment, he, I, I asked him, "What, what else needed to happen in my life? Why won't, wouldn't things change? You know, what do you want for me?" Is what I asked him, and he said, "All I want is you." And I was like, "Well, if that's the case, then you can have me." And and so heard the audible voice of God, and I was 23 years old, already a mother of three, married, and it completely changed me. Became extremely evangelistic. Got an early call into the church and into ministry. Didn't really understand what that meant. Didn't have a lot of discipleship, but had a heart to see the kingdom of God advance, to see souls saved because I came from such a dark place. I, it was, I was such a radical conversion that five people gave their lives to the Lord because I was nice to them. That's how much of a <laughs> radical change it was. Um, but it was crazy. Like the first two weeks, I had led like 20 people to the Lord. It was just on, and so, anyways, got an early call in to ministry. Served in the church for a little bit. Went into secular secular world. Did ministry there, which I feel like is also ministry. I think it's all ministry. I think just language makes it that way, right? Secular to to then church ministry, but but I was working within a prison system. It was very much ministry. Uh, but the Lord asked me to leave that, and and I went back to work at the church. And in two thousand sixteen. I started to have dreams and visions and I had no grid for it. And so I would have these dreams and visions and then I would go into work at the church and they would happen. Or I'd be sitting down with somebody I was leading um, because I was over several volunteers and um, several hundred volunteers were were within our church. And I was sitting with one of them one day and I was like, oh, you had blah, 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 blah for dinner. And she just looked at me really bug eyed. And she's like, how do you know that? I was like, I have no idea. I have no idea how I know that, but I could see it and I was sensing it. And it was really interesting time for me because I could feel like this oppression didn't even know what oppression was. Um, but then I could feel this new thing of, that, that I wasn't quite sure of. So I was trying to, to shut it down. And I watched uh, one of Darren Wilson's films, the Holy Ghost film. I don't know if you've seen it. Have you watched that? It was really transformative for me. I had come home and watched it in between church services. It was like a sixteen hour day for me, and I had just a little time to take nap before evening sessions and and or services. And so I put it on in the background in hopes that I would fall asleep. And I watched this documentary that all these things that were happening to these people is what was happening to me. And I started to weep because I realized that I had put God back into this real small box. And I had thought that I had taken him out of this box. you know. And so I repented, I wept, went back to the church, was in the parking lot and in my car, I just opened my hands before the Lord. And I was like, if this is you, I surrender and I want all of it. And so having no idea that that was like the beginning, it was the second most important prayer that I ever made after my salvation. And so it was on, and um, I was hearing very clearly from the Lord. I really thought when all this started to happen to me, I thought I was schizophrenic because my mom had been diagnosed with schizophrenia, and I was at onset age for it. Um, so I thought what was happening to me was like psychosis. Uh, and because I worked in the prison system, one of the things that you have to ask is, do you hear or see things that other people don't see or hear? And that was <laughs> happening to me every day. So I was like, I'm going crazy. You know, something's wrong with me and um so luckily at that point in time i had a mentor who was spirit filled um that she had received the baptism of the holy spirit i had no idea um that she was but she was such an anchor for me because i would experience stuff and and she'd come and talk to me and the lord was sending me all over the place it was just such an adventure and and he was like i want you to go to dallas to go to this conference and uh, Todd White was, was there and Heidi Baker had no idea who Heidi was, had only seen Todd in the documentary. And the Lord was like, I want you, I want you to make sure that you listen to this lady, Heidi Baker. So I go, Lord pays for the whole trip, which was in that time radical for me that he would pay for all of it. And I show up to, it was uh, Christ for the Nations, um, CFNI in Dallas. And I walk in there, and there's this guy sitting in this bishop's chair, and he's talking about these lightning bolts of God and these different powers of God. And I called my mentor, and I was like, I am certain that I am in a den of heretics. (laughs) I was (laughs) like, I am for sure that this is not like it. And she's like, just just hold on, just hold on. I think that this is God. Just hold out, you know. And so I listen to Heidi, and Heidi does what Heidi does. You know she gets out on stage and she just starts praying and singing and And I'm kind of watching and critiquing and doing all this stuff all the way from the back of this auditorium. and uh, Heidi ends up calling out these nations, and she calls out the nation of Brazil, and this wind comes and picks me up and throws me back eight feet. Mm. And I'm screaming, crying, shaking, having no idea what's happening to me. I'm by myself in this place. And I came out of that encounter so different. I like, I know now I was delivered like of a spirit of anger for sure, but I started to see people differently. Um, and I started to love people differently. Um, and I remember going through the Dallas airport on my way home. Um, at this point, I wasn't even baptized in the spirit. I didn't get baptized in the spirit until like the the week after, But um, I was looking at all these people and I could hear God. I was like, you love them, don't you? And I would cry. And I was and every single person, well, you love them and you love them and you love them and you love them. And I was so overwhelmed with this love that he had for people. And, and I had been in ministry at that point, eight years, you know, and one way, facet or another. And so then I started to really heavily pursue being in God's presence, hearing God's voice, And, um, I did, it's like the Puritans way of praying where I would put my hands down and every thought that would come into my head, I would visualize it, like laying it into his hands until my brain would get clear, which is in itself a miracle. And then I would put my hands up because then I was in a receiving posture and I'd say, Holy spirit, what do you, what do you have for me? And he would talk to me so clearly about things. And so then the Lord started to asked me to go pray for people for healing, which I thought was crazy, but people started to seriously get healed. And I had no idea, you know, so I met, um, is this okay? Can I tell you this testimony real quick? It's the first healing I ever saw. Can I tell you? Yeah. Great. So, um, I, I'm doing this whole adventure, this stuff with God, not really sure, not talking to too many people about it, uh, because I sound crazy. So, um, But I go on a trip with my, at that point was my best friend, her, her daughter and my two daughters. And we're surprising them to a trip to Disney world. And so we get there. We're so stoked. Kids are stoked. We just walk in, we're looking at the castle and my friend trips and she twists her ankle, but it looks so bad. Like I thought that she had like broke it and she was a trooper, walked on it for 12 hours. Didn't say a thing, didn't complain, and we got back to the room. And now we had just spent I don't know 14 hours with kids in Disney, you know, so we're exhausted. I look at her ankle, and it's the size of a softball, and it is varying colors of purple and black. And I was like, "You should probably definitely get that looked at tomorrow." <laughs> but tomorrow, because we're tired, so we're going to sleep. And so she and I are are sharing a bed, and the kids are all sprawled across the floor. And the next morning. I wake up and, and I'm doing that palms down, palms up thing and praying through some different moves in ministry that I have to make. And I was like, Holy Spirit, what do you have for me? And he says, I want you to pray for her ankle. And I was like, okay, sure. So I start to pray. He's like, no, no, no. I want you to get up and put your hand on it. And I was like, no, that's okay. No, that's okay. I totally believe you could do it. I saw it in the movie. You know, you're a God near, you're a God far away. You know, trying to remind him. he can do these things you know he doesn't necessarily need me and um and then it was like get up and lay your hand on her ankle and I was like okay I'll do it I was like but you need to keep them all asleep because I just needed some quiet time so that was like my my ultimatum with God like how dare I right but anyways it was that's what it was and so I was like you keep them asleep and I'll do it and and I was so dramatic. I'd like put my hand close to her ankle and I would pull it away really quick. And I'm like, Oh gosh, you just don't want to do it. Do that about three times. And finally I lay my hand on it. And when I do, it's like, I have an x-ray picture in my head and I see everything that's wrong with it. I can see that her ligaments are stretched. I could see that muscle was tore. I can see fluid. I can see blood and Half part of my brain, the spiritual side of my brain is like, oh, well, now I know what to pray for. And the other side of my brain is freaking out, you know, <laughs> like, what is happening to me? And all I had were these simple prayers from this documentary that I watched. And so I just was like, Lord, I ask that you heal whatever needs to be healed, shift whatever needs to be moved. And all of a sudden, my hand got super cold, like an ice pack and her bones start to pop, mm. and, and her muscles are moving underneath my hand, um, and I, again, half of my brain is excited. The other half of me is really freaked out, and so that happens. I go downstairs. I pretty much ignore that any of that just happened, and I come back upstairs. Everybody's kind of getting up, And what I know now is the Holy Spirit shoots out of my mouth. Stephanie, I need you to get up and walk on your foot. The Lord healed it this morning. And so she gets up, all the swelling's gone, all the bruising's pretty much gone. And she walks on it as if nothing was wrong with it. Um, And we didn't talk about it for three days. (laughs) It's so crazy, like how uncomfortable the things of the miraculous things of the Lord make people, you know? And, and more than likely the religion that was in me, you know, was so uncomfortable by some of it. Right. And so three days later, we're, we're driving to our next destination. I was like, Oh, I should tell you what happened to you and uh, what happened that morning. And so I tell her the story I just told you and she turns to me and she says, but what you don't realize is that I was awake the whole time, Mm -hmm. but the Lord told me I had to pretend like I was asleep, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And so like, the goodness and kindness of God, right? That He would like heal her, but that He loved me enough to keep my request at, at that was so sweet. And so I had several different things that happened like that afterwards. The dog, the Lord had me pray for my dog. He got healed from being blind. I, I mean, it was just weird stuff. I delivered some guy on the street of a demon, having no grid for what I was doing, just literally led by the Lord and saw this guy get delivered of, of demons. And, um, you know, I was just going after the thing and the Lord asked me to leave my position at the church. And I did. And, uh, sat with him for three months, just getting to know him, father, son, and Holy spirit. And it just changed me. And so then everything that was in me wanted to get out of me. And so I spent a lot of time at Walmart and, uh, I would just minister at Walmart from eight to two every day, every day. Walmart is where you start. That is where you cut your teeth. There's always ministry at Walmart. There's a lot of ministry at Walmart. I mean, always, there's always ministry (laughs) at Walmart. So that's where we should all go. Um, And we were doing that so much. This is why we had to start the ministry, but we were doing that so much between that and doing emotional healing appointments um, that that we, the Lord is like it's time for you to train people, and so that's kind of how the ministry started. Was just this need of a group of people who were going after the things of the Lord, and just needing more laborers to help us, you know, get the harvest. So uh, I know I just talked forever, but I'm like, man, we talk about my story. There's so many different facets of what God's done, you know, just like in your story. There's so many different facets of what the Lord has done. How do we pick the one thing? that that is just amazing but but yeah our ministry started just from being obedient and being on fire and being willing to risk it all for the lord so
0: well i love it stay tuned we'll have more living life on purpose after we hear from one of our sponsors Are you a business person that's hungry for more of the Holy Spirit at work? Partnering with God is what you were designed for. Experiencing God at work and being a blessing to the city that you live in is accessible to every believer. Hearing from God for your business and city shouldn't feel mysterious or inaccessible. Heaven and Business exists to give you access to the tools and training you need to equip you to grow with God in business and influence. Begin with their free trial and an online membership, then explore the events, community, and other resources. Check out heavenandbusiness.com today if this is what you're looking for. And I promise you won't be disappointed. And now, back to living life on purpose with your host, Matt Wilson. I think that you know obedience is what the Lord is looking for more than anything else. Like He He's speaking to everyone. It's it's getting still, it's getting quiet and recognizing that he wants a relationship with every single one of us. And even when we're not walking with him, he's trying to get our attention. And sometimes it's gently, sometimes it's severe. Uh, it depends on, you know, like how, how much we're paying attention, really. And, you know, so when you're sharing these things and while some people out there that are listening are thinking like, well, this is crazy. No, I mean, it's not all of the things that you're talking about have happened. I mean, I haven't seen the x-ray, but um, God speaks and and it is uh, the clarity of uh, how well you hear him that determines the responsibility of what you have to do uh, when he's speaking to you. When you understand fully, all right, this is what God's wanting me to do, you better do it because uh, when you disobey and you hear clearly, I mean, you're going to have to deal with that. So um, the world can tell you that it's crazy. The world can tell you that you're not supposed to hear voices. I know that the Lord speaks to me on a regular basis, and uh, I'm cool with that. And And I agree 100% that going into Walmart is what people, when they're practicing hearing from the voice of God, practice on strangers, because you're probably never going to see those people again. Uh, but when something <laughs> crazy happens... Um, you know, it's, it's really exciting. So you may end up making new friends in Walmart, but you know, I, I do think that there are so many people out there that they're not being taught. They're not being equipped. They're not reading God's word, you know, the words of knowledge, uh, healing, you know, words of wisdom, deliverance, all of the things that, that we've just talked about, that those are all throughout the Bible. Like God speaking his heart to his people for others like that is a lot of what the bible's about and so it it is really important but people they don't know and so from that standpoint you've got a very large portion of christians in the united states of america that that have no power they have no realization that that there there is power inside of them it just needs to come out and they listen to their pastor Who's probably a good person, but he's been trained in seminary that these things don't even exist anymore. So it's a, I think that there is a large group of Christians that, that may hear this interview and be like, man, these people are crazy. But that's okay because I have a lot of people that are crazy just like we are. And so we have these conversations over and over. So I'm hoping that if people have listened to enough episodes now, they're like, maybe these people aren't crazy because he keeps finding these people over and over and over. And a lot of them just seem to hang out in Brazil, maybe. So maybe uh I just need to go to Brazil. But God loves every single person, just like you said. Like his desire is to connect with every single person. And it, it's up to us to say yes. It's up to us to uh to lay down the things of this world and truly draw near to him, and then he will draw near to us. That's in his word as well. So it's, um, I don't know, I, I love the fact that you, you caught fire for him at 23, and then you realized that there was still more, and so you were willing to put aside the things that you had already known, the, the putting God in the box, and then you said, I want to go deeper, and, and if this is you, I want more of it. And so you just continued to walk at that process of going deeper and further with the Lord. And that's similar to me. I mean, like, I was 37 years old when I surrendered. And, you know, I I think I was saved before that, but I really like the more I know about, I I don't honestly, I I had prayed a prayer and and I'd gotten baptized at a young age, but there was no fruit, you know. Mm -hmm. So I I do think that uh, that radical transformation that you had, where five people, just because you were nice, they knew who you were before. (laughs) And the fact that you were being nice, so terrible, isn't it? So terrible.
1: But it's
0: it's awesome though, because it means like something powerful happened.
1: Yeah. I think I think that as far as like, first off, I really hope that people would listen to these stories and not think that they were crazy, but realize that, oh well, maybe there's more because everybody believes in the supernatural to one extent or the other based on the things that they watch on TV. I mean, we can see that that there's a pool on that based on the shows that come out, Supernatural and The Walking Dead and, the you know, all those different things that, that come out, it's because there's something inside of us that is inclined into what is our inheritance. Um, it's just, we're seeing it so much done out of the wrong kingdom, but really like all this stuff that for me, the reason why first off, yes, is obedience as to why we're doing what we're doing now, but it really birthed from this place of wanting to know God as three individual people. And so he's a triune God. And so for me, when I got baptized in the Holy spirit, everything really shifted and changed for me. And, um, I was a little upset. I had to walk, work through that. You know, I had to deconstruct a lot, um, religion out of my mind, but for me, it was, Oh, there was this answer to all these things that I had been going through for eight years. And it was the Holy Spirit. And I, and I asked a lot about the Holy Spirit. Nobody uh, really understood it for themselves to be able to teach me. And um, so then I was like, okay, well, when he asked me to leave my job and he was like, just come sit with me. I sat with him from eight to two. And, and I know not everybody can do that, right? But the Lord can do a lot with a little, you know? And so it's the sacrifice of our time, even if it's a little. And And so I would just sit with him and I would say, I just want to know you as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as three individual people. And I, I want to experience you with all of my senses. And so I just wanted to be so close to him that if he walked in the room, I would know. You know nobody would have to tell me. I would just know. And in the same way that for those that are married, that your spouse would walk in the room, you kind of just know that they're there, even if you can't see them. And so it was like that. I, I would spend a day really focusing on the presence of the Father, really focusing on the presence of Jesus, really focusing on what it was with to, to hang out with the Holy Spirit. And that's really what changed me. That's what had me start going out. And really, I didn't want to leave that place. The reason I started to go to Walmart was because he was like, you got to go out. Um, I would have just stayed with him. You know, I would have just stayed with him. Um, it was beautiful and it was safe. And the more that I got to know him, the more I got to know myself and the more I realized how distorted my view of myself was. And we're talking about eight years in ministry, you know, and so, and still having this distortion. And so I feel like through all of it, yes. Are we walking in the fullness of power? I no, I don't think we are, you know, until I can start walking through a wall like Jesus did. I'm not walking in the fullness of power because he says I can do um, what he did plus greater and, you know, you walk through some walls and so i'd like to do that walk on some water but but most of all like i just i want to know him so well that i never miss him in a room i never miss a moment of him speaking i don't miss a moment of of a whisper or what he what it is that he wants to say to me or to someone else and i think that that's the space right that you just fall in love with him like that he would be the lover of your soul he would be the lover of all things and then because because you find that love you can't help but give it out, right? Because we're not ones that bury treasures in a field, right? You know, we don't hide our lamps under bushels. You know, we, we go after what it is that we see and it's all this propelling of love. So no, I don't think that we're walking in all the power, but I think it's because we're not experiencing all the love. Does that make sense?
0: It does. It absolutely does. And God's love is so powerful. it Mm -hmm. it is so powerful. He loved you so much that he sent his only son to die on the cross so that we would not only have salvation, but that we would have the healing, that we would also have the Holy Spirit. He had to go so that we would have the Holy Spirit. It's because Mm -hmm. he left that he left his spirit. And with that, you know, that John 14, 12 that you just referenced becomes reality because he says, truly, I tell you, anyone who believes, We'll do the mm-hmm. same works if not greater because I'm going to be with the father. That's you and me. That's anybody else that's out there. And and I would just challenge anybody out there that if you are um you know interested in the supernatural when it comes to horror films, you're interested in the supernatural when it comes to superheroes, you're interested in the supernatural when it comes to all of the things of the secular that you know it is not the God of the Bible. Why don't you just test God with his supernatural powers and the, the things that he's capable of, because the Bible is full of supernatural abilities. It's full of supernatural acts. He is a supernatural God. And, you know, th- there's so many people that are attracted to those things. They Hollywood's done a good job of framing it up for the other side. Whereas the church has not done a good job of, of, making people aware that those things are absolutely not only available, but they should be demonstrated on a daily basis. Everywhere we go, signs, wonders, and miracles should follow us because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us Mm -hmm. and he wants us. It's not just, you know, you spent that time with him in order to get close to his heart, but once we've gotten close to his heart, it is for us to go out it is for us to release yes. these things. It's not just for Absolutely. us, it's for the world to be changed. So it's, um, Absolutely. it's exciting.
1: Yeah, super exciting. And I think that God's doing a thing on the earth right now, though, because I feel like many people are being awakened to inheritance, awakening to choose. We have a generation now that is so wrapped around authenticity Um, that I feel like the generation that's coming up is, is going to be so powerful if we can facilitate community as mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, um, in a way that, that love abounds and that within love, you know, power shows, right. There's no way, there's no way that it, it can't come out of you. Right. Because if you're listening to him, he's, he's always going to lead you in a way of breakthrough for someone. Um, and there's always testimonies from it too. So.
0: Amen. All right. So, how can people learn more about you and Watermark Ministries?
1: And they can find me on my Instagram page. It's um, at Jinnamar and um, WatermarkMinistries.com. It's where we upload all of our events and the things that we're doing. We also have a newsletter you can sign up for uh, on the website, and it'll keep you up to date with what we're doing in Cuba, or we're doing in the nations, and
0: locally. Awesome. Well, Jinnamar, it has been a pleasure to have you here today. I really appreciate you and all that you represent. Uh, So thank you for being our guest today.
1: Thanks so much for having me. Can't wait to see all that God does in your
0: ministry. Thank you. And if you have enjoyed listening to this, you can follow us on Facebook, Living Life on Purpose, or on Instagram, Living Life on Purpose Always. We appreciate you guys tuning in. And if this has encouraged you, please share it with somebody else who needs encouragement as well. Thanks so much. And we will catch you again in two weeks we uh-huh.